trigger warning. This podcast is about grief. Whether you are newly bereaved or whether you have been stuck in grief for years, I do hope this podcast brings you some comfort. Grief is such a universal experience, but we all do it differently. This podcast is not about fixing you or forcing the healing process because there is no cure for grief. It can only be absorbed, experienced, loved and cared for. So whether you are doing it privately behind closed doors or like me, you are kicking and screaming your way through, let's support each other. This is a safe space where we can come together and share experiences. My hope is that this podcast shines a light on your path and gives you the strength to navigate your way through the grieving process. My name is Louise Bates and I'm so pleased we connected. I'm looking forward to interviewing people who have also walked this path to find out what worked for them in the hope that it helps you too. I'm sending you so much love and support and I look forward to sharing this crazy journey with you. Welcome to my podcast, A Gift for Grief. And today I am delighted to have Janice Thompson as my guest. Janice has combined her academic qualifications, which include a master's degree in psychology research, with her practical experience of working as a therapist and trainer. For the past 15 years, Janice has dedicated her work in helping those who are grieving. Janice has developed and facilitates grief training for practitioners and she often runs workshops on grief and loss. Janice also organises grief retreats and leads an online grief cafe where those grieving can come together and share experiences. Janice speaks on various aspects of grief at conferences and she has participated in a wide variety of podcasts. So welcome Janice. Well thank you very much, that was a wonderful introduction. (laughs) Thank you Louise, that was beautiful, thank you and it's a real pleasure to be here today. Oh you're very welcome, thank you. Now we're both practitioners in a technique called the Emotional Freedom Techniques commonly known as EFT and matrix re-imprinting. So for the benefit of our listeners, would you like to explain what EFT and matrix re-imprinting is? I certainly will. So emotional freedom techniques, um, also known as tapping, is a wonderful energy technique as is matrix re-imprinting, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But the EFT is a beautiful technique to use, and it's so good to use with grief because it's so gentle. And we'll be talking about that a little bit later, I'm sure. But the EFT is actually a little bit like acupuncture, but no needles involved. And we just tap gently on certain acupressure points on the body, which helps clear any blocked energy. And how specifically that will work with grief is because if we get stuck in our grief... It's a process that we're supposed to work through. But if we get stuck in our grief, then those energy systems get blocked. So by tapping on the simplest level can help unblock that and it can help us to move through our natural process of grieving that that is, you know, obviously a normal process, but it can help us unstick grief that gets stuck. So it's a really gentle technique with no side effects. You can't over tap. You can tap with a practitioner to delve a little bit deeper sometimes for things that need um, some extra support and help. But you can also use it as a wonderful self-help tool. So it's it's an amazingly gentle, easy to do 
technique that is really powerful and it yeah. uses the subconscious as well so it'll bring things up into the conscious mind that are buried in the subconscious that again may have been stuck for years and years um, with grief as I've worked with lots of clients where that's happened so it's a wonderful technique um, and moving on from that has developed um, from one of the EFT masters our wonderful friend Carl Dawson yes. has developed a matrix room printing and that's that's just a development on from EFT, really, where we actually go to the part, that go to the time when we actually had certain traumas and actually work on that younger self, really. So we actually work at that place where the trauma actually was and do some tapping in those spaces. It's a lovely technique as well and very gentle. Yeah, and I can certainly vouch for it because I wouldn't be able to sit here and talk about grief mm. after my experience if I hadn't. I've been able to yeah. work with EFT and Matrix. It's it's completely transformed me. So no, likewise, likewise, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now you not only became a trainer in this technique, you also went on to specialise in grief and loss. Yeah. So perhaps you would like to share your story and also why you decided to specialise in this field. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, at the time I was working in psychology research, teaching at degree level, um, as well as having my own personal training business, um, which was amazing. My work was going lovely, really in, was enjoying my work. Um, and then quite out of the blue, um, my husband had a massive heart attack um, and died there and then. Um, I was 35 I'd got two children, one was 14 and the other was eight. And that was it. Just <laughs> literally here one minute and gone the next, um, which turned my world completely upside down as my children and my family and friends. So I, for a long while, I just didn't know what to do. I had some conventional therapies, perhaps some talking therapies that helped to some degree. But I was just searching for what I could find to help me and yeah. thereby help my daughters. Um, and I, I come across Reiki, which was lovely. That really helped. Yeah. And then I come across EFT and that was a, a complete life changer for me. It was it, I, yeah, yeah, almost stuck for words, which is very rare for me, as you <laughs> well know, Louise. But it was um, it really it, it released a lot of stuff. It helped me with um, the grief, the loss of my dad when I was younger, because it, it, I'd got grief on top of grief, which is yeah. often known as complicated grief, as well, you know. Um, and the EFT really helped to clear those blocked emotions, energies, and to really help me to build my life back up into to what it is now, which is very, very different. Yeah. So amazingly helped me. So I changed my career and started practicing, uh, working as a practitioner with the FT and then eventually a trainer because I, I knew how much it helped me and I wanted to help others then. Fantastic. So, mm. so losing your husband, Andy, very suddenly must have been very traumatic for you and your girls. And looking back now, with all your years of experience of working with grief and loss, could you understand the different types of grief you would have went through? So, for example, I imagine you experienced traumatic grief. Yeah. I did your practitioner specialist tra grief training about four years ago. Yeah. And I have to say, it really helped me. It helped me in my personal grief experience, just learning about the different types of grief um, you know, I began to understand what was going on for me because when you're grieving, you know, we're trying to make sense of something that makes no sense. Absolutely. But by understanding what grief is in its many forms, 
we can at least start to make sense of what's going on emotionally. Yeah. And you use some beautiful gentle exercises that loosen the grief. And these exercises are in your new book, Joy Beyond Grief. Could you tell us a little bit about your book? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, as you were saying, it's, it's it can be really helpful for those grieving to understand, you know, perhaps it is like, as you said, complicated grief, where you have grief yeah. on top of grief, which is so common. Um, and then there's anticipatory grief, where perhaps you know someone's got a terminal illness. And sometimes it can be really helpful for people to identify with those different types of grief. It makes you feel like there's not anything wrong with you yeah. but actually there is a name for this as well so that can be quite helpful um so in my book joy beyond grief you know i i wrote that I, originally i wasn't going to put anything about my story in it and everyone i spoke to said you do need to just so that people can understand that the although every grief is different and yeah. every grief is unique at least people can understand that you have experienced some form of grief yourself. So then, you know, be more happy to pick it up and read it. And, you know, I just, I'm so passionate about helping people with grief. I wanted to get as much information in that book as I could. So it's an introduction to the EFT, the Emotional Freedom Techniques that we spoke about a minute ago. Um, and, and it's got lots of other uh, lots of other aspects and areas in there, like how emotional support can help, all about energy and how that can, you know, what the role of your energy system is with grief, which is so important yes. and so helpful. Um, and there's 12 chapters, and at the end of each chapter, I've got um, what I call self-love exercises. So you can work through those exercises, again, to help you be a little bit more informed and understand your own grief. Yeah. Historically, um, particularly in the West, we're renowned for don't talk about grief, put it aside, stiff upper lips, yeah. keep busy. And I talk about the keep busy brigade in my um, book because that's what we're, we're taught we do. And all that does is suppress our emotions, yeah. push them down, um, and they come back up later in life where I see clients 30, 40, 50 years later where they're still really grieving and in the yeah. rawness of grief, which is not healthy. Yeah, we're not great at this country at talking about grief, are we? And no. I think other countries and cultures do it much better than us. Absolutely. But how, can you share how EFT helped you specifically? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I did the classic. I went along to a, a course where I thought, as I'd always been trained, sort of keep your emotions in. So I went along to an EFT course thinking, well, I'm going to keep all my emotions in. I'll just <laughs> see how this pans out sort of thing. So I went along quite... Um, quite afraid, quite nervous about it, um, but also hoping that it would be something that helped me. Literally in five minutes, I was crying my eyes out <laughs> as somebody was tapping on me because everything came out because it was sort of there, it was bubbling away. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, that it's just under the surface all the time. And literally, immediately, I felt something different. I really, I could feel within me that something had changed. Yeah. Perhaps it's hard to describe what but something felt a little bit lighter. And yeah. that was the first time I'd felt a little bit lighter since my husband had died. So I knew there was something in it. Yeah. Um, and that was literally in a room full of people, almost a demonstration as opposed to any actual personal EFT yeah. help. So I thought, well, if this happens in this environment, exactly. then if I have some personal work, done, you know, work with a therapist, it's going to make a massive difference. And it, and it really, really made a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. It's a beautiful tool to help those grieving. 
Well, when my son Matthew died, it was a few months before I wanted to reach out and do something about it. I felt like I wanted to just sit in that grief and feel it. And I wasn't in a rush to try and fix it. I don't know why, whether that's just what I needed to do. And And it's not something you can rush. And it's something, you know, you can't force people to, you know, um, seek help. People have got to do it in their own time, haven't they? But I remember the first time um, I went to do some tapping with a a colleague of mine that lives in Kenilworth. And I just thought, I don't even know where to start. There were so many layers, you know, as there normally are. And he said to me, well, and I said to him, I just don't know where to start. And he said, well, how do you feel? And I said, I just feel like I have this massive big hole in my torso. Yeah. You can actually see through this hole and it hurts. And he said, well, let's start there. And we started this tapping. And after a few rounds, he said, just check out now how you're feeling. And I couldn't feel that hole. I couldn't yeah. see that hole. But what I did get, I got an image of my son, Matthew, smiling at me saying, Mom, you know all of this stuff. Just let it go. You know I'm fine. And when I told my colleague, he said, I got that same message too. Oh, wow. Now, obviously, it didn't clear my grief in one session, but it loosened something really big. And it loosened something so that from that point onwards, I could start moving forward. And I went back every two weeks because it just felt amazing. So I think once you experience that, you just become passionate about it. And you want to tell everybody about it, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, it's, it's really similar. And I, I think a couple of points really that I think are important to just pull out of that as well yeah. is that EFT works in a really holistic way. It's not just about your thoughts. It's not just about your behaviour. It's not just about the physical things you're feeling. It's about your feelings within your body as well. So, you know, you said that big hole. So yeah. we can work within EFT with any you can come in at any angle and any angle will help and your body will know that right angle for you to come in on whether it's a bodily feeling or a thought a repetitive looping thought or whether it is a main feeling that's anger or something you know that's why EFT is such a wonderful tool because it can come in on any of those different different angles absolutely Um, yeah, so I think that's really, really important. Too. Yeah, definitely. Now, your new book, Joy Beyond Grief, which I like to keep mentioning because <laughs> it you. is amazing. <laughs> Bless you, thank you. It actually won an award yesterday, the Janie Lee Grace Platinum Awards for 2023. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Now, I've read your book and it is amazing, but I didn't realise until I'd read your book, and I've known you for a few years now, I didn't realise that you'd lost your husband very suddenly 20 years ago. And as I delve deeper into conversations with others working in the field of grief, I'm beginning to realise that many people who work in this field have experienced a significant loss. And it's their personal tragic backstories that motivate them to want to help others going through similar journeys. And there's something beautiful about this, isn't there? Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think that, again, there's lots of layers within that as well. I think it's a passion. It becomes a passion yeah. because if you found something that, that helps you, 
it's a natural instinct, I believe, of people to then want to help others. So I think that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful gift, which I know we're perhaps speaking about in a minute, but it really is a beautiful gift to be able to go to to other people that there is something that you can do if you if if you want to you know there you know if it's all in everybody's individual timing obviously as we've we've just spoken about but I think it's it's it is it's really it's really important for people to to I don't know I think it's when something happens to you that's so massive and so traumatic if you do find your way out of it then you do just want to spread that word and I think that is the bottom line and um, there is something that can come out of it and that's positive hence the title joy beyond grief I love that it's it can be a little bit triggering for some people but you know I I sort of wanted that in a way to to, I I never wanted to work people and just say oh let's just get to a place that's all right oh I can just sort of about get along now I wanted to say that Yes, grief will always be there yeah. and that loss will always be there. But actually you can transform yeah. some of those feelings and some of that emotion and some of that energy into something amazing. Yes, And absolutely. I think that's what's really, really, really important to help people to see that because that's not spoken about anywhere yeah. at yeah. all. And I think the title of your book is so important. And if it triggers people, then there's work to do, isn't there? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. <laughs> because I can sit here now, I mean, it'll be seven years in October since Matthew's gone. Yeah. And obviously I still miss him. Yeah, And that will always be the case. And it'll always be sad. But I do have a lovely life now. Yeah. Now that might sound like, how can she say that? But it's true. Yeah. And it's through the tapping therapy that's helped me get to a place where I am now, where I've made peace. Yeah. I've made peace with my grief yeah. and I carry it now with love. Yeah. And there are days where I'm, I might be triggered by a song or I see somebody that looks like Matthew. And and I accept that that is all part and parcel of the experience. But most of the time now, I'm honouring him by living my best life. Absolutely. And, you know, this podcast and our books, hopefully will reach the people that need to hear this so they can know that it is possible to feel joy after yeah. such a traumatic loss and I, I yeah, absolutely and I think that's so so important because we are sort of programmed to it's almost that oh we've lost you know we've lost somebody and we're almost expected to be in gloom for the yeah. rest of our lives and there's no better way than to honour that person that's died yeah. than for you to be living the best life you can yes. that's just the most beautiful whatever that means you know I know a gentleman that um, lost his father and his father was a great walker so he did loads of walking throughout his year because yeah. that helped him to sort of honour his his father after doing some tapping as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it is an amazing thing that you can actually help people to realise we don't just stop at getting over something or try and get which you it's not a get, it's not a thing to get over anyway yeah. or try and fix it. It's it's an integration. It's how are we going to integrate that beautiful yeah. person that we've lost into our lives moving forward, yeah. and by being the best that we can be, um, I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've gone on to write your book. You also host online grief cafes and grief retreats and grief training for other practitioners too. All of this must take up a lot of your time, Janice. So do you find this feeds your soul? Because for some people, 
they would find this very hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I think that shows in the, tr to start with, I think that shows in training. So when I'm training practitioners, you can see that perhaps they haven't done as much work as they could have done because it becomes really clear because grief is a subject you sort of can't hide behind. Mm. You know, maybe as a practitioner, you can sort of keep a straight face when things are going on with different traumas. But grief can really, it affects everybody and has yeah. done on, on some level, a loss particularly. So it really sort of shows. So I think it's really important that people do their own work. And I think, you know, I say work that actually just to, to clear things that are stuck. And as you know, when you work with EFT, you get all these realizations about yourself. Yeah. You know, when I first started working with with the EFT after and after Andy died, I never realized how much it would help with my father's loss when I was 14, yeah. 1981. Yeah. And all of a sudden I started to clear things and I could see why I acted in certain ways. Yeah. And I, uh, n no better example than when Andy died, I just started rebelling. I just turned into a 14-year-old yeah. rebelling because that's what I did last time when I lost somebody that I really loved. So I think things like that um, really sort of show how much EFT can help. And it... And, it does take a lot of my time up doing all these different things, but it is the passion that drives me to yeah. help people and and that I and I love and I can see people change and I can see people moving through their grieving process, integrating it into their lives. And I would believe having a much happier life than they may perhaps have done if they'd yeah. have just sat in it. There's also that sort of feeling that Oh, I need to be. I need to feel gloomy to to honour them. I need to never ever be happy again to be honouring. Yeah. It's absolutely the polar reverse, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. It's the ex reverse of that. So if I can help people to to find that peace, perhaps to start with, and then re and then look at how I, can you use that energy, that massive amount yeah. of energy, um, in a positive way that's that makes your heart sing. Yeah. And that's sort of different for everyone. And creativity really comes up in that. I've, I've worked with a lot of clients that when they start to become a little bit more peaceful with their loss and perhaps shift through some different emotions that have been stuck for them, they start to realise, oh, I can, I, I'm, that creativity is great. Painting or drawing yeah. Or one lady I know had lots of tattoos, but for her, that was that creative way yeah. as, you know, and those things are so important that people don't see if they don't start to be able to help themselves yeah. with that with that grief. Yeah, because, you know, they do say like time is a healer. Yeah. But I say time doesn't heal you. Yeah. It's how we process our experience. Yeah. We are the healers, aren't we? Absolutely. You know, if we sit and wait for time to heal us, we're just going to stagnate. Absolutely. We have to put the work in. Yeah. And EFT, this tapping therapy, is just an amazing tool to help us move forward, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is fantastic. Amazing. I mean, one of my chapter titles is Time Won't Heal, but Tapping Will. Yes. <laughs> because I felt so passionate about that. Yeah. Because it's not about time passing. Time passing will have some effect, but it's not, you're still going to be stuck if you're stuck. Yeah. Um, and so many people are stuck and it's, it's so sad to see because yeah. it's a natural process and it's only really with the way our society is that things have got stuck. So yeah. if we can help shift and move that for a lot of people, then I'm definitely Absolutely. keeping doing what I'm doing. So apart from the EFT, the tapping and matrix re-imprinting, what other um, things helped you navigate your grief journey, Janice? 
Um, I think my, my first chapter is about emotional support. And I think if people can find, you know, as a, <clears throat> as a really first step, if they can find some sort of emotional support. And I really respect that some people haven't got that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's perhaps where EFT therapists can come in because that could, they can be really, really helpful. But a friend, even a work colleague, family, you know, to just be there. Don't have to do anything. I've I, I write about grief buddies where yeah. you sort of say to that person, "Are oh, you just going to be? Oh, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to know about loss or grief, but just be there to listen to me or sit me, with me when I cry." And it sort of gives that person to permission to help. So, yeah. grief buddies can be quite a nice way forward. But emotional support's really good. Self care, self you know, love yourself. Do things that yeah. make your heart sing a little bit. Yeah. And being in the moment is another really important one, I feel, with, with grief. You know, if you can just try and be in any moment and look around and see what you see, hear what you hear, they can be really helpful yeah. to stop you going back with perhaps traumatic thoughts of your loss or projecting forward without the person, yeah. which is going to happen. But if we can be in that moment, that's a lovely little tip for helping people just to have Absolutely. some peace. Yes, yeah. Because it's easy to get sucked out of the moment by Absolutely. your thoughts dragging you into what ifs yeah. and, you know, all the, the memories that haunt you or the yeah. thinking about the future without that person. But if you can just sit in that moment and yeah. be still and grounded and just calm your mind, it's a... Even if it's just for minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you can build on that, you can. can't you? It's so yeah. healing. Yeah, it really, really is. So can you share an example of how EFT helps one of your clients? Because listeners do like to hear stories. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one that always comes to mind first, I'm not really sure why, but it was where matrix or imprinting really helps. So it was where we sort of go into a situation and we tap on that younger person when it actually happened yeah. um, to clear trauma, to clear emotions, and then maybe just change the picture around a little bit. Of course, we don't do ridiculous things like make that person still alive because yeah. that just, just doesn't make any sense. But what we do is perhaps move a few things around. And one um, beautiful young client that I work with um, her partner had terminal cancer and as, as he was really poorly in the hospital bed she went one day and she kicked off her shoes to sit comfortably with him he got out of bed to go and uh, to go to the toilet and he tripped over her shoes and fell over and just bumped himself a little bit nothing major but with his condition you know being very very poorly she was really concerned um, so she was all sorry sorry at the time but that that all that moment passed and he died and that was one thing that was haunting her it yeah. just you know it's those things that perhaps you don't think are going to be the things that haunt you and that kept going over and over in her mind so we went back into that space where she was and tapped on that younger her for all that feeling guilty and angry with herself um, so we did a lot of tapping there and we just moved the picture around a little bit and she actually spoke to her partner in that in that picture. We talk about talking to his higher self, that part of him that that is now, you know, OK, everything's different now in the um, in wherever you are. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she um, and, and that just totally changed her. 
that totally changed. Actually, this lady was a singer and she just hadn't sung since. And this was mm. six, seven months later and she started singing again. Yeah. It just cleared that that thought that just kept looping and looping and looping and yeah. looping around. Um, other people at funerals, you know, um, at the funeral where something perhaps happened that they wish hadn't happened or... Uh, people where they wish things had happened that didn't and vice versa, or I said yeah. something I wish I hadn't said or I hadn't said something that I wish I had. The EFT and the Matrix Room Printing can really help with that and that is something that I see so much yeah. with clients because everyone's trying to make sense of something they can't make sense of. Yeah. So they're trying to they turn inwards, or oh, if I'd have done this or I'd have done that, which eats away and, and yeah. keeps your grief stuck. Or outside, you blame someone else for it, which equally you've got no control over. So either of those two don't really help. So we work to really shift and change it. And that's what I mean when you unstick things yeah. and move through grief. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Matrix reimprinting. I've used it so much myself yeah. because we can't change what's happened in the past. No. But we can change how we hold it inside. Absolutely, and that's yeah. the magic of it, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. But we can also use it for sort of future Absolutely, we can. Um, printing Definitely. as well. So that's that's a really interesting topic as well. But yeah. it's been a massive part of my healing journey, yeah, Matrix too. Reimprinting. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your grief retreats and what people can expect? Yeah, absolutely. So I run my grief retreats with a colleague of mine, Catherine Banks. Um, I went on her meditation training course and then she came on my EFT training course. So we, we've worked together for a long while now and we run them together and we run um, twice a year. It's sort of from a Friday to a Monday. Um, and they're really a place to come. It, it's, it's quite structured but it moves, it's a little journey in itself from the Friday night to the Monday. You can join in the activities. You don't have to join in any if you don't want. We always have them in lovely locations. But we 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 help people to move through perhaps something that's stuck within them, within a group environment. It's not a therapy. It's not a weekend therapy. But we do lots of little exercises that can really help people. Um, my Hearts of Grief that I use, that's in my book and I use with my, yeah. with my oh, practitioners. I love that. Yeah, because yeah. it just helps people identify you know, what they're really feeling because it can feel all so scattered that we actually help people just to come to identify perhaps where they could, you know, take help further when they when they leave. But also lovely little letting go sort of ceremonies and understanding what that actually means because often people think, I can't let go of the person I love, but it's not about that. Um, yeah. And that's another thing that society's got very confused over, I think. So we do lots of meditations as well and lots of gentle, real gentle activities of coming together and yeah. sharing some lovely food and lovely places it sounds like a lovely healing nurturing space and yeah. one day i will come along definitely, <laughs> the, definitely the dates just haven't coordinated right for me at no, the moment they but, will they yeah, will when they're they ready when it's ready yeah absolutely yeah. so can you tell us a little bit about your online bereavement cafes and how they work oh yeah and that, that's that's a lovely thing i love doing these so, yeah. so it's only once a month we may change that a little bit and increase that but it's once a month it's for an hour and a half and anyone who's grieving practitioner anybody um, can come along to that. Um, we focus it around the tapping because 
that's what I know really can help yeah. people. So we have a little chat and we'll do some tapping. We might have a look at a different topic each 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 week, perhaps physical pain or, again, perhaps letting go, what that means. Or if there's a topic that seems to be uh, a lot of people experiencing something on that particular call, then we do some tapping around that. And then when we've done a little bit of clearing or a little bit of introduction to tapping, we sometimes do what we call positive tapping. So we just tap. And perhaps bring in some peace or love or calm. Yeah. And then we end with a meditation. It's a very gentle online um, hour and a half. And you can join in or you can just sit and listen, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. And there's something really healing about collective tapping with other people, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you could be tapping on maybe an issue that somebody else has discussed online. Yeah. And while you're tapping on that, it's working on you as well. Definitely. It's, it's, it's magical, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, and especially when it's grief, because although it is a unique individual experience, there's no two ways yeah. about that because you don't come into grief as a blank slate. You come into grief with all what's happened in your life before. Yeah. But there are common things. So, you know, sadness or perhaps numbness or anger or regret or some feelings of hopelessness and things like that. So everyone can benefit as we tap with each person's feelings. So it's a a lovely environment, actually. And people really feel quite nurtured in that is the feedback we get. So Yeah, it's very true because although all our individual grief journeys are very different, we do share the same emotions yeah. and intensities at different times, don't we? Yeah, we do. So we can come together. Yeah. So you're never alone. No, that's right. And that's another, you know, way for people and an yeah. introduction in, really. So people can always join on that. Yeah. So how would you describe grief to someone who has never had a significant loss? Because there may be people listening to this thinking, well, I've never really lost anybody. I don't know what it feels like. How would we describe it? Hell. <laughs> In one word that maybe uh, yeah. I, should, I shouldn't use. Yeah. But absolute nightmare. Um, yeah. Well, it certainly was for me and and for my clients um, and friends that have lost people. Yeah. Absolute feels like you just there aren't words for it actually the pain the emotional pain the sometimes the physical pain that goes along with it is excruciating it is absolutely there's no way you can get away from it you know perhaps for a minute you do something in the rawness of grief i'm talking and you know and you try and do something to get away from it and then it'll hit you again um because grief really does come in waves and and that's another normal aspect of it so you might be okay for a bit um um, doing something that you smile about and then something memory comes in and it hits you and whew, just go down to this pit yeah and then you something will happen where you feel a little bit happy again then you feel guilty about yeah. feeling happy um and all of these things are normal that is the one thing i'll say whatever you're yeah. feeling within your grief it's normal yeah. um you're not on your own but it is it's not it's a difficult place to be it's yeah. not easy is it and that's no. why I do what I do because I can see how much it can help people. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's important. Good, good. Well, did you find people were unsure how to be around you when Andy died? And, you know, some people don't know what to say, so they don't say anything. Or, you know, like we've all experienced people crossing the road to avoid us. Yeah, yeah. You know, did you find this... When, was, it, was this your experience? Yeah, it was. I mean, I think what's another common thing is often up until the funeral, there's a lot of support. Yeah. 
Um, and pit, there's plans being made. There's something being done. We're getting used to our rituals that we do. The, agreeably, that all went to pot a little bit with uh, COVID. But you know, mm. but that that's what happens up until the funeral. Um, after the funeral, it always appears. Um, I definitely experience this, and I know from my clients, they often feel the same. Everyone goes back to their life, their normal life. Yes. And your life is never normal again in that yeah. context. Um, and then people start to to sort of dwindle a little bit. As you said, people crossed the road with me. Um, yeah, didn't know what to say. Um, and then uh, for me as well, that was really difficult. And I'm going to say this because I think it's really important for listeners to hear. Some of Andy's friends decided that I was single then. And it might be nice if we could get to know Janice a little bit better. Oh, dear. Which was really hard yeah. because they were friends I wanted to turn to, but it made me feel that I couldn't turn to them. Oh, so, such a shame. You know, and I think I'm, I'm saying this because I think it does happen, you know, to different people. So you're not alone if that does happen to you. And it's important to, to sort yeah. of voice that, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, but people, you know, and, and I had friends that sort of said, oh, we'd love to come and see you, but it just upsets me too much. And I used yeah. to think, really upsets you too much. Yeah. You know, I'm not feeling so hot myself. And that really, it really was difficult. And that's another part. And I know yourself, that's another part of why I do what I do. Because yes. I want people to, let's be honest, let's talk about it. Let's work out what can be said. Or let's work out what can we can do to help. Yeah. You know, that that doesn't feel uncomfortable for anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm on a mission to yeah. help society become more grief <laughs> literate and stop feeling so bloody awkward yeah, about it. absolutely. Me you know, too, me too. Communication is the key, isn't uh, it? It is. And, and everyone's so frightened. That's yeah. the other thing. While you're in fear, it's impossible to do anything yeah. with a level head. So people are so frightened about dying, so frightened about death, um, that it's all just not spoken about, swept under the carpet. Yes. Well, Everyone's going to die. Yeah. Everyone's going to experience grief and loss. So I think yeah. it is a subject that, as we're doing today, yeah. is a wise thing to be doing. Yeah, nobody gets out of this alive. It's, no, you know, that's <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, it's a great journey, but death yeah. is the end. It is. It's definitely going to be <laughs> and, there. you know, people need to talk about it. Yeah. But what words would you choose to express your condolences to someone? Do you have that magic formula? Because it is hard to get it right, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure there is a magic formula. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me know, Louise, when yeah. we come across one. Yeah. But I think, you know, it, it is difficult. It is different for clients and friends as well, you know. But I'll often say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Because that's a heartfelt thing. I am sorry for your loss. You know, if it's somebody I don't know, I'm sorry for your loss. If it's somebody I do know, I might say, I'm sorry for, you know, losing so-and-so yeah. you know for that loss you've experienced and I think it's the simple things of sort of um, those simple sort of comments really the most yeah. important never sort of I know how never I know how you feel because no one can know how anybody else no. is feeling um, and you don't want to start saying oh well I know you know can you imagine me going with my clients well, I know how you feel because I lost my husband it's like number one I don't know how they feel yeah. number two um, it's on, I'm not talking about me I'm trying to be there for them so yeah. there's no point talking about my loss so I think it's just those simple things of you know um, I'm here if you want to listen I'm here to listen to you if you if you want to talk yeah I'm yeah. here to sit with you if you want to sit is there anything practical I can do to help? Off, 
often that can be quite a nice yeah. comment. Is there anything practical I can do just to help you? I'm, I'm here if you need any help. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just important to say something, acknowledge that person's loss. Because when people ignore it, yeah. that's worse, isn't Definitely. it? So even if they say something that sounds a little bit clumsy or doesn't land well, you know, just read the intention behind it because... Yeah. If they say nothing at all, that is worse, isn't it? Yeah, if it it's is. ignored. It's, it's, it's again, it's the, the sort of thing that we fall into in society. We don't just sort of say what we mean from a heart space, you know. So yeah. sometimes people will get it wrong and you just say, oh, that, that hurt a bit. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. And you could actually have a conversation, yeah. but because we don't, it all just gets very tense and people don't know what to do. But yeah. I think it's it's better to say something because Absolutely. otherwise it's the massive elephant, elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So apart from all the amazing support you offer through the work you do, can you recommend any other books or films or podcasts or groups to support people who are grieving? Well, certainly your books, Louise. goes oh, without saying. I'll you later. <laughs> <Lovely>. <laughs> yes. Letters to Matthew and The Gift of Grief. Thank definitely you. really, really, um, uh, really helpful books to read, I think. So definitely I would recommend your books. Um, and I think... There's some organisations that are quite helpful as well I, um, that I use sometimes for with my work, my training. Uh, Kids Bereavement UK, I think, is a is a really good one. There's lots of different types of training. It might be just for an hour's training. Sometimes it's for practitioners. Sometimes it's just to help young people. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think going back to when I lost my dad when I was younger and thinking about my children, that would be something that I wish I'd have sort of known about or yeah. they'd been there then. So I think that's great. I think some of the Sue Ryder stuff now, she's doing a lot of work, that can be yeah. really helpful and really down to earth um, with some practical help, which is which is always, again, really helpful. Yeah. Um, and, of course, these podcasts like we're doing. Yes, now. yeah. Well, I will put these links in the show notes Lovely. so people can check them out. Yeah. And also also a link to your book as well so um for anyone who's listening to this episode who's just lost a loved one or even for others who have been stuck in grief for years what words of wisdom could you share janice to maybe help them loosen their grief in some way yeah it's it's it is difficult um and everybody has a moment when they feel that they really want perhaps some help to help themselves so it's really individual um so just know that there is help out there i mean yeah. i think knowing that there is help and support and that's genuine help and support and you know look up perhaps an eft practitioner in your area i really would recommend that because well all the practitioners i know do a, a free consultation so you can just chat with them and it's really important that you tr feel comfortable and trust that practitioner yeah. because you're opening up you know, your heart that feels broken anyway um, to to somebody you don't know and, and just go. And if you speak to 10 and then yeah. you find the 11th one really feels comfortable with, that's perfect. And yeah. all practitioners understand that. So I think, you know, to maybe to do that, but just to allow yourself to know whatever you're feeling is normal and natural. Yeah. Yeah. Um and to just try and even just name some of your emotions sometimes, just to acknowledge 
that today I'm feeling really horrible and that's okay to feel that. It's not nice, yeah. but it's okay to feel that. And try as hard as you can to honour how you're feeling, to not push it under the carpet. Yeah. We do have to be strong at some points. You know, I remember having to really smile as I put my kiddies on the bus to go to school when I really did not feel like smiling. Yeah. So we do have to have those moments where we're strong. But I also had moments where I was crying in front of them where I'd say... And I think this is really important with children as well, or even any loved ones, is that I am crying and I'm really upset, but you're safe. You're yeah, safe yeah. with me because that's the fear with a lot of children. This is, you know, talking specifically in that area. But, you know, that's what they fear, that their that mum's falling apart. Oh, no, yeah. that's my survival. But if you let them know, yes, you're really up, upset as they are. And, and you're showing them it's okay to show emotion, yes. which is really, really important. That's it's so okay. important, yeah. Cry and allow yourself to cry. I cannot tell you all the physical benefits of crying. Yeah, it'll lower your blood pressure pressure your immune system will be benefiting for it it'll release those oxy oxytocin that happy hormone it's not going to yeah. be happy happy but it's just going to help you feel a little bit better so crying's okay yeah yeah allow yourself to cry yeah people see us crying they feel they think we need fixing but we don't yeah. no no it's one all needs part fixing. of the process yeah. isn't it and going back to the children that it's amazing how resilient children are Absolutely. and they just I think it's important to be honest with them, isn't it? And to not sugar it too much. I agree. And to be able to show your emotions in front of them, but to let them know that it's safe and, yeah. you know, it's it's so important. It is really, really yeah. important. So where are you in your grief journey now? Oh, wow. Fabulous question. I like <laughs> that question. Um, well, I do. I, I feel I'm at that place of transformation where my life yeah. has, I can see the gifts that have come out of my grief. And and for some people, maybe the word gifts isn't the right word for them. But that transformation of I've learned or I've I've understood now a bit more of my own purpose in life yeah. um, around my grief. Um, I think of Andy a lot. I, you know, I miss him like mad. I'd still, I wish he was here. But um, I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing now, which is helping others. I think yeah. I might have gone down a little bit more of a selfish route. <laughs> um, so I can see how I am a different person. And that's that's an honouring of him. Yes. Because I'm I'm much more caring for others and to help others in this situation, in a grieving situation now, which I think is definitely a gift in definitely, itself. Definitely, yes, yeah. yeah. And I think there's a gift in everything. Yeah. But it might be hard to see sometimes. Absolutely, it might be hard to see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I feel personally that I feel that I've got a superpower now. Yeah. Because the worst thing... Has yeah. happened. Yeah. So whatever else else life has to throw at me, yeah. I think, well, do you know, yeah. I've survived that. I can survive anything. And yeah. it's given me almost like before I was very I'm still very quiet, but it's given me this superpower. I don't really care what people think about me anymore. Yeah. yeah. And um it's given me the confidence to speak out and be yeah. more um myself. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that can come out of it. Would I have chosen this? No. Of course not. <laughs> None yeah. of us would have chosen no. this path. No. But it's making the best of it, isn't it? And it is, and yeah. um yeah, it's and recognizing those gifts and acknowledging them and being grateful for them. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's you know accepting that something nice has come out of something that's been pretty horrible. Yeah. 
But no, um, and I yeah. think, I mean, just a little quick story about when my mother died, actually, in 2017. I mean, we'd never really got on very well. If we was, yes, quite okay. a, quite a, um, upside down, crazy relationship I had with my mother. It was a bit bonkers. But when she was poorly, I'd done a lot of tapping on that relationship because for myself, and I was just tapping on me and how I was feeling about it. Yeah. Um, and as she got more and more poorly, um, and she started to sort of just gentle up a little bit. Along with my tapping, I come to a place of forgiveness with her. Oh. And that was a definite gift. Yeah. So although it was perhaps for a month, we had a totally different relationship. And that forgiveness, I don't believe I'd have ever come to if I hadn't have done the tapping that I did yeah. um, with myself. And so when my mum died after about a month after that, you know, that I suddenly went, wow, I can give for her, forgive myself, you know, whatever yeah. needed it. It felt so different that when she passed, I felt so so much more at peace yeah. immediately because I think if that hadn't have happened, who knows? But if it hadn't have happened, I'd have started to feel guilty. I should have done this and all those years. Yeah. And but actually, we both come to a place of forgiveness and peace. And I think that's another true gift in, that's in the tapping. Beautiful, isn't it? That, yeah. you, that can give you some comfort. Yeah. That definitely. at the end, you came together and yeah. connected. Yeah. And you felt that love that you had for each other. Yeah. And we sort of felt that genuine love, which, and even though it's only like a month, it was yeah. okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it happened. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, oh, I wish it had been longer. You don't feel like that when you've resolved something. Yeah. It's just beautiful to have moved into that space when she passed of us both feeling really different about each other, yeah. which was beautiful. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Now, do you have any special ways or family family rituals to remember any of your loved ones? Um, I think these are really quite important. They're really, it's really quite nice. I mean, and again, it's not for everyone. So everyone's different and be respectful to you, what feels right for you. Yeah. And it may change from year to year after anniversaries. We started off coming together, me and my daughters, on the day he died, um, coming together um, and just being with each other quite quietly and just reflecting. And then at one point we decided, no, we're going to meet on his birthday. Yeah. So we stopped meeting on the day that he died and we started meeting on his birthday. And it just felt so much better for us yeah. to do that. So we'd often go walking. We we spread his ashes in a beautiful uh, place. So we would often go walking there on his birthday and have a nice day together, a meal and a cheers to, yeah. to my husband, which felt right for, for me and my daughters. And we've sort of done that ever since, really. But there's so many ways that you can honour or have little rituals. You can light candles, you have a million ways. Meditate, yeah. you can go out with friends. I think it is, again, nice to do something yeah. if it feels right because that's another way of integrating that person called continuing bonds where you actually keep that person with you as you're moving forward in your life. Yes. And I think that's a, another lovely way of honouring them. But decide for yourself and yeah. see what, what feels right. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're still part of our life, aren't they? So they do are. whatever feels right for you. Yeah, yeah. So, Janice, what are your thoughts about the afterlife? Oh, big question, Louise. <laughs> How long have we got? We could be here a while. So my thoughts about the afterlife... Interesting, uh, you know, and I'm just going to go back a little bit here because when my dad died, I went through, I hate God. Why would he do this? He was supposed to be a 
good God, and why has he yeah. killed my dad? You know, I wasn't really brought up in a religious family, but that's what I come to the conclusion of. And I also got very frightened. Oh, if he can do that to my dad, what else can he do? Right. So yeah. that's what God become to me. And then it all just faded away, um, allegedly faded away, but was in my subconscious somewhere yeah. um, over the years as I sort of grew up. And then... Um, when my husband died, it sort of brought all that back up a bit again. And I, yeah. you know, what's going on in this world? It's not a nice place. Um, and I started to look at different religions and different viewpoints. Um, and really, I think what's been interesting, and I think I've really changed since I've been working with lots of my clients, because I've seen so many times that when people have started to clear their pain they seem to have a deeper connection to the person that's died. And perhaps we'll talk about this in a minute, different signs and things. But I, so my personal belief now is that we are hum, a soul having a human experience. Yes. We are a soul that comes here, however crazy this human experience is. And boy, oh boy, at this time in the world, it is bonkers. Yeah. But we've come here to have that human experience, to feel those feelings and ex and express that and understand and perhaps learn a little bit along the way. So my soul is happy, always, constantly, but my human being is <laughs> it goes up and down. Yeah. So yeah. that's my belief and, and it feels really comfortable for me. And again, and this is, I can only speak from my experience, but even when I've worked with people that don't have much spiritual, many spiritual beliefs, as they start to manoeuvre through stuck emotions and feelings with their grief, they become more spiritual. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? It was really, I didn't see that come in, but, you know, that's something that's come up over and over again with clients. Yeah. It's not something I really speak about, but I just see developing as they start yeah. to move through their grieving experience. Well, I've had um, guests on my podcast, you know, people that don't believe in God, atheists. Yeah. And because um, I'm a spiritual person myself, and I think it's really interesting how we all, you know, have our own thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. about what happens to us and I understand like my daughter calls herself a bad atheist because she said when you die that's the end but yeah. you know for white feather falls a, a, a timely you know yeah, spot she'll say oh that was Matthew yeah and then she'll think oh no I'm an atheist but you know, if a robin <laughs> visits her oh that was Matthew and I think Brilliant. I love it how she describes herself as a bad atheist like so just that. sort of t fluttering on the edges of you know this other belief and I think that people that, you know, don't have a, a, a belief, um, you know, they can take comfort from the memories of their loved ones. Absolutely. And, you know, um, we all have our own ways of dealing with it. But personally, I, I've just had so many experiences, probably like you, yeah. that I just know. Yeah. But no. then you would say somebody that, you know, as an atheist, I just know yeah. we're all so different, aren't we? Yeah. But it doesn't matter to all our listeners, no. whatever your beliefs are, yeah. whatever your thoughts are, grief doesn't protect, none of it protects us from the experience of grief, does yeah. it? No. We all feel, we still feel the same yeah. stuff. Yeah, we do. But it is interesting to hear different people's perspectives on, on yeah. this subject. But do you believe our loved ones can give us signs? Yes, I do. And I'll just come back for a moment because the other thing is with the EFT, whatever your belief system is, 
EFT works with it. Yes. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. Yeah, I'm glad you so mentioned that. So I yeah. think that's really important. So whether you're religious, whatever religion you, you gives you comfort, then EFT can work within that. And that yeah. is what's the, the beauty for that. Signs. Oh, yes. My, <laughs> I write about it in my book with buzzards. Um, because my husband used to fly buzzards. So he used to, we used to have buzzards there and uh, um, he used to fly them. Not always as successfully as he'd like to think he did, but he was yeah. quite good. Sometimes they sit in a tree because uh, they didn't want to come down. But <laughs> always buzzards. And, and since my husband dies, it's buzzards. And um yeah. A couple of occasions, you know, where I've been really down. I'm just, oh, Andy, just show me a sign. Go around the corner. There's a buzzard sat on the um, telegraph pole. And one day going to my work, there was four buzzards on four telegraph poles as I went around the corner, wow. as I asked That's for something. That's a big sign. That's a big sign. Four <laughs> buzzards on four telegraph poles. That's like, really? I don't yeah. think you see that. And one banged into my kitchen window once. Buzzards do not bang into kitchen windows, I can no. tell you. Um, so that made me chuckle a bit as well. But absolutely. And me and my, my girls are out and we see buzzards. We feel close to them. Yeah. And whatever's going on there, it's okay. We yeah. feel closer. Um, so that's lovely. So buzzards is my thing. Often yeah. something in nature is for a lot of people. Yes. But everyone's got different signs and there's lots of different signs. And really, again, clearing that bit of that stuck emotional pain yeah. can really help people to feel that heart connection even yeah. more, thus showing you signs. So I think yeah. it's, that's something I've just seen throughout the years as well. Absolutely. I'm sure those signs are always there, but it's it's depending on where you are as to whether you Absolutely. pick up on them and see them and connect with them. Yeah, but I I, I, it gives me a lot of comfort. You know, yeah. when you're thinking about a loved one and then a white feather just drops three feet from your feet, you yeah. know, you think that's a sign to say, yeah, I'm yeah. still here with you. Yeah. You know, when a little robin comes and looks through the window and tweets at you, yeah. you know, it can be a rainbow at a yeah. particular time. It can be a heart-shaped cloud yeah. for me. There's yeah. so many things out there that, uh, you know, definitely. I notice. And, you know, if it gives me comfort, that's what it's all about, yeah, isn't it? absolutely. And you know, sometimes they can be internal things. You can just think, oh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm dilemmaing over some decision or something. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, Andy would think that. And it just come into my mind, uh, 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 an alternative. Yeah. So it can be sort of internal things as yeah. well. You get these little downloads and you yeah. think, where did that come from? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if you could give your loved ones a message, what would you like to say? Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? You know, and I sort of had that dilemma when my husband died because he just died suddenly. So I, I, it, it yeah. was one of those occasions where I couldn't say goodbye. I couldn't do anything. And I, I remember thinking, well, I'd say this, I'd say that. And I was getting myself really quite manic about what I should have said. Or I could have said, you know, I was in that situation. I love you. Yeah. I'm happy with that now. That's all it we says need it, to do. It yeah. says it all to me now. All I need to say is yeah. I love you. Yeah. It's because love is such a massive, powerful thing. Yeah. And I think that is, it covers everything. And that is a perfect place to end this podcast. It is indeed. Thank you, Janice, for being my guest and sharing your story. I love how you have used the pain of grief as a driving force to make a positive impact. And it's so inspiring. 
I had a strong feeling you were going to be a fantastic guest and I was not mistaken. Thank you very much. Thank you, Louise. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Gift for Grief. Please feel free to share it with your friends and family and let's encourage others to become more grief literate. If you're struggling with your grief or worried about your mental health, please do speak to your doctor. If you would like to join me on my social media groups, check out the show notes for all the links and I look forward to connecting with you next time. The music on this podcast was written and recorded by Matthew Bates and can be found on his two albums, Fight Back and Kaleidoscope.